We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, no Chris today. He is out on assignment covering the Sacramento Kings. So just me. And before I dive into the 49ers defensive coordinator news and some Juwan Jennings stuff that I want to talk about, uh, I want to remind you that Lamb Chops is the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. You can get lamb chops at sglambchops.com. You can get hoodies, you can get shorts, you can get joggers, sweatpants, uh, t-shirts. They've got it all. It is all really high quality. It is all super comfortable. My dad is a lamb chops convert. He has hoodies and sweatpants, and he's like, these are my favorite sweatpants. And I swear, every time I've seen him, except for when we like go to go to go to dinner, he throws on some jeans. But if he's home or out and about, he is in his lamb chop sweats, and uh, I think that it would be the same for you. So go to sglambchops.com today. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 and get 20% off your order. We love our friends at Lamb Chops, and uh, I think you will too. So join the herd, sglambchops.com. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. It is your favorite brewery's favorite brewery. Everything they make is great, including Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. Last I checked at Candlestick uh, Cooperbrewing.com, they were out, but that's okay because every single beer they make is good. I've yet I've had probably eight or ten of their beers, and they've all been delightful. Not even, you know, you have a beer that's not very good and you gotta like choke it down and you're like, ugh. Because you don't want to drain pour it. It's not that bad, but you're just kind of like, man, let me get through this thing. Not not a single one of the Cooperage beers that I've had has been like that. And shout out to the homie Frank, who has a little shindig coming up, and he was like, Hey man can I get several cases of Candlestick Chronicles for the shindig? I was like, yeah, man, we'll we'll make that happen. So uh, go get your Cooperage Brew today at cooperagebrewing.com. Get your beer. You can get a case, 21 and up, and in the state of California, they will send a case directly to your front door. It is the single best way to acquire beer. You can get a mix and match case. You can get, if you know there's a beer you like, you can get one type of beer, just 24 of those things, or you can get six different four packs that's my recommended move that way you can really explore the space that is cooperage i hope you like the beer as much as me and chris do and uh, i'm pretty sure you will go to cooperagebrewing.com to get yours today or you can visit the brewery in santa rosa always good vibes up there we love hanging out at cooperage all right let's talk niners 
Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Oh, we have a little bit of news coming down. A couple of news bits, actually, from friend of the podcast, Matt Mayoko, who, of course, covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, more minor news, Drake Jackson, the second year, going on third year defensive end uh, who missed the final nine games with what was originally classified as knee tendonitis. He had quad surgery and told Mayoko that he expects to be back sometime in the spring and that he will for sure be ready for training camp. And that could be a pretty big deal for the 49ers. They have Randy Gregory, who's hitting free agency. They have Chase Young, who's hitting free agency. They have Cleland Furl, who's hitting free agency. And maybe they bring one of those guys back, but also maybe they don't. And if they don't do that, then it is Drake Jackson, the former second-round pick. It is Robert Beal, who got a little bit of playing time at the end of this year. The The pickings are slim. And maybe they find a, a gem in free agency like they like they tend to do. And maybe they go and try and find another defensive end in the draft. But if they could get Drake Jackson back by training camp where he can get in and get a full camp in where he can develop and continue his growth as a player, I I think that would be a big deal for the 49ers. Is he going to be a a three down starter for them in 2024 that, you know, who knows, but the more he's on the field, the better you've seen the flashes through his first couple of years where he just, he'll do if he's on the field for 20 snaps, he'll do two or three things where you just, you, you double take because guys, his size shouldn't be able to move as athletically as he does. So um, ideally for San Francisco, he would be in for an entire training camp. It sounds like he's on track for that. And that is something we will monitor as the off season goes on, particularly if the 49ers don't make any major additions at defensive end, because in that case, the spotlight will be on Jackson. The more major news that Mayoko reported, again, this is at NBC Sports Bay Area. You can check it out, NBCSportsBayArea.com. Kyle Shanahan confirmed to Mayoko that he has interviewed two defensive coordinator candidates, one of them, Brandon Staley, the former Chargers head coach, who was the defensive coordinator with the Rams before taking that Chargers job, and then Nick Sorensen, the 49ers defensive passing game specialist and Nichols coach. Uh, He has completed an interview as well. Shanahan also told Mayoko that Daniel Bullock's the 49ers safeties coach will also be in the mix and that the interviews will be wrapped up sometime this week. So what does that mean? Well, uh, we should get an answer sooner than later, which makes sense. The 49ers are going to want their staff put together in time for not necessarily the combine because the 49ers coaching staff doesn't go to the combine, but just the entire draft process. You're going to want that coach's input and you're going to want to start preparing for 2024 it's hard to get to a super bowl it is uh exponentially harder to get to a super bowl after you've lost one so the 49ers have a ton of work to do and they're not going to be able to do that until they have an entire coaching staff put together Uh, so shanahan has taken a little more time with this than than i thought he would i kind of figured that when they let go of wilkes steve wilkes it was because they had a name in mind 
they had a person that they believed could step in and just immediately be better. Because again, the, it's important to note with the, with the Steve Wilkes conversation, Steve Wilkes did not do a bad job. The 49ers had a good defense and they did, they played well enough in the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. Like that, that needs to be said when it comes to, when it comes to Wilkes, but it wasn't, it, it was, it was clear and we've done podcasts about this, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but it was clear it wasn't going to work. So you would assume that they had a name in mind that they did think was going to work. Now, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Maybe they have a name, but they want to explore some options just in case, because really they need to nail this higher. They got rid of a defensive coordinator who did a, a good job last year. Were they concerned about the growth moving forward? Were there some effort questions that, yeah, for sure. And and that's why they moved on. But you need to make sure that this defensive coordinator is better. If you if you fired Steve Wilkes and and hired a new coordinator and your and your defense falls out of the top eight or ten or twelve or whatever, if they're a middle of the road defense next year, now now Shanahan's Kyle Shanahan's seat heats up. That's that's the kind of move that could get the franchise heading in the wrong direction. So they need to really nail this, and I think they know that. So um, the Brandon Staley interview is not a huge surprise. He is a was was widely considered the top defensive mind in the game when he got hired as the Chargers head coach. The Chargers defense really struggled with Brandon Staley running the show. And that's just one of the problems. So there that that's the big one, right? The Chargers defense was loaded. They had so many good players on that defense. And they just year in and year out under Brandon Staley could not get stops. They went to the playoffs once. They blew a massive lead in that playoff game. There was all of his stuff with analytics and this and that. So he was he he was not a successful head coach, and his defense struggled under him as a head coach. The other issue is, and and we'll we'll talk about the the pros of Brandon Staley in a second, but. The other issue is Shanahan made it pretty clear that he wants a Pete Carroll defense type of guy. It's where Robert Sala came from. D'Amico Ryans, of course, came up as a coach in the 49ers uh, uh, bubble in their on their coaching staff. So that was the defense that that his background is in. And that's not the background that Staley has. He is a Vic Fangio guy. He is a 3-4 guy. And frankly... We've talked about this before on this podcast. <laughs> his defense is really good with Aaron Donald in his prime and Jalen Ramsey in his prime and a really, really good offense on the other side that scared the heck out of teams. The way I think the, the 49ers, frankly, uh, uh, scared the heck out of teams offensively this year and forced teams to play one-handed, which makes life a little bit easier on the defense. I think I think Staley might have benefited from that, too. As a, as a defensive coordinator, but um, I, I do think he is a, a smart defensive coach. I think he understands modern football and he understands the way that the direction that football is going, where he can kind of stay ahead of the curve defensively, um, where he can throw some things at opposing offenses that, that, um, in the way that Kyle Shanahan kind of throws things at defenses that that they're not ready for, I think I think Brandon Staley could conceivably do that same thing. the 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 problem The problem is is man, you thought Steve Wilkes had a had a tough time adjusting to to a new scheme. 
Brandon Staley's got to change things completely. So I think that's that's a an interesting it's an interesting idea bringing in a a a really smart football coach who has been around Sean McVay who has um who has had success as a defensive coordinator in this kind of era of the Shanahan offense, the spread offense, the outside zone and this and that. But at the same time, that's a massive, massive risk because maybe he's just not that great of a coach and maybe effort issues would be a problem again. And maybe he struggles adjusting to a, to a four, three. I don't know. I think he's smart enough to, to be able to do that. And that's something that he would have to convince Shanahan of in, in that interview where he can look at what the 49ers did defensively and point out things that he could do differently while keeping the, the basic structure of the defense the same. So I don't think the hire is going to be Brandon Staley. I think interviewing him makes a lot of sense, but I don't think he's going to wind up ultimately being the hire. Nick Sorensen, on the other hand, that's interesting. That's a coach who's been with the 49ers for two years. He went from defensive assistant to passing game specialist slash Nichols coach, according to the team website. And he cut his teeth in the coaching game under Pete Carroll. And he is a defensive backs guy. Sorensen played defensive back in, in college and in the NFL, but he knows this scheme. And that's the big thing. I know that I, I'm sure the 49ers would, would love to have a linebackers-centric, front seven-centric defensive coordinator. That was what they had with Robert Sala, who was a linebackers coach. That's what they had with D'Amico Ryans, also a linebackers coach. But if you have a guy who knows this scheme and who came up in this scheme and who knows the 49ers personnel, I think that is a huge, huge advantage. And frankly, I think that's what the 49ers are looking for. And I think that's why Sorensen is such an interesting uh, name in the defensive coordinator search. But I also think that's why Daniel Bullocks is such an interesting name. Bullocks has more coaching experience than, than Sorensen does. Now, he didn't necessarily come up under Pete Carroll, but... He's been with the 49ers since 2017. He's been coaching 49ers defensive backs on, on various levels or, or in, in various ways since 2017. He has been around this defense. He's been around these players. They know him. He knows them. He knows the expectations of the scheme. So I'm really, really interested. I, I thought Bullocks was an interesting name last year. I think it's even more interesting this year. And I also think it's pretty interesting that there's no other names out there. Matt Mayoko is is one of the best 49ers reporters doing it. He is extremely tapped in, and he had those three names, Staley, Sorensen, Bullocks, and they're wrapping up interviews this week. So that's no Carroll, no Belichick, no Vrabel. Maybe they said no, maybe the 49ers didn't reach out. But that's no additional outside candidates outside of Staley. That's really interesting. There are a lot of fascinating names potentially out there, and they... Appear to be skipping it entirely. Maybe that means that Shanahan does have his eye on one of those three guys and is 
doing interviews just to kind of cover his bases and make sure that he's he's turning over all stones. But if that was the case, wouldn't you wouldn't you also go outside the building? Or maybe it's a toss up for him between Sorensen and Bullocks, and he also wanted to bring in Staley because he coached under Sean McVay. Maybe he just wanted to interview Staley to get some info out of him. <laughs> what would you do against my offense here? All right, great, thanks. I'll make the proper adjustments. We'll call you. Don't call us. I love that idea. Shanahan just interviewing coaches to to get some intel on what they think of his offense. I don't think that's what happened. I think he genuinely interviewed Brandon Staley. I think he's genuinely interviewed Nick Sorensen, and I think he's genuinely interviewing Daniel Bullocks. As for anyone else, uh, those names are not out. Maybe there are more. Maybe they're not. So that's where that's at. Uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, they will have hired somebody. But as of 7.04 p.m. on Monday, February 26th, that's where the news of the 49ers defensive coordinator search is. Although, it, it, I, one last thing on this, I promise. I do think it's fascinating that it took this long. We are more than two weeks removed from the Super Bowl and almost two weeks removed from Steve Wilkes being let go. And this is the first hard reporting we've gotten about the 49ers defensive coordinator situation. Everything else has been, you know, um, there may be a hire coming soon. Or there may be, uh, they may be looking at an internal candidate. Like nothing, there, there there hasn't been any kind of leak about who's interviewing, who's not. There's just been, you know, some some reporting on potential timeline, et cetera, et cetera. And usually on something like this, it's like, oh yeah, hey, here's the short list, and they're interviewing this guy, and this guy's in town, and they're they have this coach, and oh, watch this name, and oh, here's an intriguing name to keep an eye on like nope nothing like that just mayoko today on nbc sports bayarea.com just yep these three dudes here they are it's interesting to me if for no other reason than the 49ers keeping such a tight lid on who they're going to hire as their defensive coordinator or who they're looking to hire as their defensive coordinator i don't know all right Let's talk about Juwan Jennings real quick. And I want to dive into this further with Chris. So I'm not going to go over. I'm not going to get too far into the weeds here, but Juwan Jennings is one of the more interesting free agent names for the 49ers for me this year, because he is a restricted free agent. And we already have had a conversation about, can they pay Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel? Can you justify that kind of, can you justify that kind of payroll in your receiver room? Well, then you get to Juwan Jennings and Juwan Jennings is a restricted free agent who has become a really integral part of what the 49ers do offensively. He is an outstanding blocker. We saw in the Super Bowl how effective he can be when Debo Samuel's not getting a ton of separation when the Niners are having trouble getting the ball to Brandon Ayuk. I, I mean, Jennings is a legitimate is turning into a legitimate weapon for the 49ers. And we see him. We've seen them lean on him in in some big spots that Eagles game. He had that the late touchdown on the, on the catch and run. He had a huge game in the Super Bowl. He might've won Super Bowl MVP if they had pulled that game out. I'm not going to bring up old stuff, but there were, uh, <laughs> Never mind. I'm not even, you know what? 
I'm skipping the Super Bowl thing I was going to do. I'm skipping it entirely. You're all welcome. I'm here for you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly, they also have kids, uh, kid sizes on here too. Yes. And everything's unisex. Uh, we, we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you or a child or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their (laughs) stuff as well. Use promo code candlestick 20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever candlestick 20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them. We really appreciate their support and, uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. Um, All right, so Juwan Jennings, potential Super Bowl MVP, uh, is a restricted free agent. Here are the 49ers' options. One, they could... I'm going to try and explain this as I go. One, they could non-tender him. So a restricted free agent gets a restricted free agent tender. And I'll explain what those are, but basically the team tenders the restricted free agent or they don't i'll explain the difference here in a second but they tender the restricted free agent and then that restricted free agent can go out and search the market and then the original team the 49ers in this case will have the right of first refusal so basically they'll get to match whatever offer sheet jennings gets and now we'll get into the tender so one they could non-tender him basically say go be an unrestricted free agent that's what that means if you see news that the 49ers didn't tender Jawan Jennings, it means he is an unrestricted free agent. This costs the 49ers $0. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think he's too valuable for them to just let him hit the open market. 
They also have the right of first refusal tender. This is just shy of $3 million, 2,985,000. So 2.9 million. Uh, that means that Jennings can go explore the market and the 49ers have the opportunity to turn uh, to match any offer sheet that he gets. If he leaves in free agency, the 49ers don't get anything. However, if he goes and searches the open market and there's nothing there, he plays on a one-year fully guaranteed deal at $2.985 million. That makes sense? The tender is a one-year fully guaranteed deal. Um, I'll explain more as we go along. Then there's the original round tender. And what this means is if the 49ers place the original round tender on Jennings, any team that signs him, so let's say he goes and signs the Colts, just picking a team. He goes out, finds a free agent contract with the Colts. The 49ers look at it and say, nope, don't want to match it. You go sign with the Colts. The Colts owe the 49ers a pick in the round that Jennings was drafted. That is the seventh round. So the 49ers would get a seventh round pick from the Colts and Jennings would go sign with Indianapolis. If he signs that tender and doesn't find a deal, it would cost the 49ers $3.1 million on a one-year deal for Jennings. Now, here's where I, I don't think they're going to do either of those things because uh, potentially losing him for a seventh-round pick just doesn't doesn't really uh, match his, his value for them, I think. Then there's a second-round tender. So this is like an original-round tender, but it comes with a second-round pick instead. So if Jennings goes and signs an offer sheet with the Colts, Niners don't match it, the Colts owe the 49ers a second-round pick. The price for that, if Jennings signs it and plays on that on that one-year deal, is $6.8 million. I think a one-year $6.8 million deal for a player like Juwan Jennings is something that the 49ers would be willing to pay. Uh, again, I'm not going to dive super deep on this because I want to wait for Chris and I want to I want to dig into his thoughts on on what he thinks of of, of Jennings and his value. Uh, I'll get into my thoughts here in a second. But uh, then there's a first round tender. It's just like a second round tender, but the team would give the 49ers a first round pick if they sign Jennings. If Jennings uh, does not get a deal in free agency, the 49ers would owe him seven point three million dollars for the 2024 season. Now, there's another option where Jennings gets extended. And this is really where I think things wind up landing because I don't think that there would be a massive free agent deal out there for Jennings. I think his fit with the 49ers is, is a little bit unique in, in what makes him valuable. But I go and I look at the free agent contracts out there and I'm not, I'm not saying to pay him 20 million a year or anything crazy like that, but like Jacoby Myers, his deal with the Raiders, he got 11 million a year and 22 million guaranteed. Uh, you look at you look at deals in that range. Alan Lazard with the Jets got 11 million per year. Uh, Tyler Boyd with the Bengals got 10.75. If you can get Juwan Jennings on a cheaper deal in that range, uh, Brandon Cook signed for 10 million a year. Zay Jones signed for $8 million a year. In fact, that's probably more where we're going to land. If you can get Jennings for three years, $24 million with, I don't know, 14 guaranteed or something like that, I, I think that's the kind of deal you you hash out. 
with him instead of doing the one year restricted free agent tender and then risking losing him next offseason. Unless, of course, the 49ers don't believe he's that valuable, which I mean, sure, maybe that's the case. But if he's as valuable as as if they think he's as valuable as I do, I think that's a deal you'd try and go make. Three for twenty four, three for twenty five, something in that in that realm, and see if that's what he would do. If he wants more than that, then great. You throw a second round tender on him, and you wish him good luck in the open market. And if he gets it, then you let him walk and you get a second round pick. So that's that's where things are at with Juwan Jennings. They, I think, I I think what is ultimately going to happen is the 49ers either extend him and find that deal in the in the seven eight nine million dollar a year range for for two or three years or they do that second round tender where they're paying him 6.8 for this year and then you know either get a second round pick if he leaves in free agency this year if he finds an offer sheet that that he like he wants to sign long term or uh you you pay him 6.8 million i mean that's that's kind of where it's at and that's where I think we land, but um, I'm interested to hear Chris's thoughts on this because maybe I'm way overvaluing Juwan Jennings. Maybe I'm way undervaluing him. I don't know. I just, when you look at the Niners receiver room, it's Debo Samuel, it's Brandon Ayuk. And then after that, man, it's kind of light. Rare McLeod's a free agent. Is it, are you relying that heavy on Ronnie Bell? Danny Gray was, I don't know where Danny Gray stands right now. He may not even be on the roster come September. I mean, that's just kind of the, the reality of it. I don't know if San Francisco is wanting to spend early draft capital on a, on a wide receiver. Or maybe they do. Maybe they go with a with a receiver in the in the second round or, or in the third round or whatever and, and hope that that player can replace one of their top guys or replace Jennings this year. Maybe that's, maybe that's kind of their goal, but that seems awfully risky. If you're going into a season, assuming it's, it's Samuel and Ayuk, and then it's a rookie or it's, it's Ronnie Bell. And maybe they think Ronnie Bell is just going to be the next Juwan Jennings. And because I mean, frankly, he had a really, really good preseason, right? And and how much does preseason matter? You know, what, d- debatable. But maybe they just think he's going to be that kind of player. Maybe they they slap an original round tender on Jennings and wish him the best of luck. But I don't uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Ronnie Bell's role this year leads me to believe that he's not going to be wide receiver three in his second season. But that's just kind of where I where I see things. I think the Niners need Jennings, and we talked earlier about about with the defensive coordinator situation, how you need to build out that coaching staff uh, ASAP to start preparing for 2024. I think the same thing kind of goes for your receiving core. I don't think you want to go into 2024 with Brock Purdy in his third year where you have George Kittle who's turning 31. You have Debo Samuel who is, because of his playing style, always going to be a little bit of an injury risk. Not that he's injury prone, but when was the last time you saw Debo Samuel step out of bounds instead of taking contact? When was the last time you saw Debo Samuel run around a defender instead of throw him? I, I mean, he just, his his tenacity is what makes him great. His hard-nosed playing style is what makes him great. 
it's also part of the reason that he is in, he is at risk for not being available for a game or two or three at a time. So I think Jawan Jennings is too valuable to let walk. We'll continue this discussion throughout the offseason, but I ultimately think he either signs an extension or he's back here in, in San Francisco on that, on that second round for restricted free agent tender. Those are my Juwan Jennings thoughts for the offseason. You're all welcome. Not for the offseason, just to start the offseason. I'll have more. I really do genuinely think he's a really important player, which is why we're talking about him. So, uh, all right, that's going to do it for me. We're going to be a little bit not necessarily touch and go with with episodes. We'll have we'll have episodes for you uh, through the offseason. It'll be touch and go as to who is going to be hopping in here with me. Chris has got some travel coming up. And we're we're trying to navigate that on the fly. So we appreciate everybody for bearing with us. Uh, Want to not not necessarily apologize for last week, but um, sorry for not giving people a heads up that we'd only have one episode last week. Um, hopefully, you'll forgive us for for taking a little bit of time off from the pod. But we're back in the saddle, or at least I am, and Chris will be back as soon as his his travel schedule uh, lightens up a little bit. So. That's where that's at for now. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you have a friend who's a Niner fan who's trying to get past the Super Bowl. Not feeling great? Well, tap in, man. We are looking ahead to 2024. We're looking ahead to this offseason. Free agency starts March 13th. Then we're diving full into the draft, which is at the end of April. There is so much going on, and we will have podcasts for you the entire if you have any questions, hit us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle A. Madsen. The podcast is at Candlecron. No stick, no ickles, just at Candlecron. Uh, we will answer any questions you have, and uh, we're taking pod topics as well if there's something you would like to see us cover. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys next time.